0: much for joining us today on episode number 54 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about how to run a half marathon. So if you've ever thought about running a half marathon, or maybe it's a goal that you might have for the future, this will be a great episode for you. We're going to t- talk about all of the ins and outs of running a half and getting you ready for that distance.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So, like Angie said, the episode is all about thirteen point one miles. Woohoo!
0: Thirteen point one. When I first wanted to do my my first half marathon, I wanted to do it so that I could get one of those magnets on the back of the car that said thirteen point one. I
1: think that was the main goal. Like, it really you, was. You just wanted to put a magnet on
0: the car, and I wanted that green shirt too. Well, yes, because we I was obsessed shirt. with that green <laughs> at that time. I wanted. I picked out my race, and it was based on all based on the shirt.
1: And then I, I don't think the shirt even came in the right material for you. And you no, were...
0: I couldn't run that race, remember? Uh, yes. Because I had my LASIK eye surgery, and yes. so then my timeline got pushed back and everything kind of got changed up, so.
1: Went a little haywire. Yeah, and but... then the,
0: the half marathon that I did decide to run gave me a cotton shirt instead of a tech shirt, and I was like so mad. You
1: were not happy with that. Because no. I had just run it like the year before and gotten the techie shirt.
0: Yeah, it was nice too. But anyway... I regress. All (laughs) right, let's talk about our half marathon. So where are we starting out with this, Kev? Um,
1: I think how long does it take? Should we do how long does it take or why should I do it?
0: I think maybe why first. Why? Yeah, why, why run a half marathon? I mean, why don't we talk about the reason that we first started to run a half marathon? Why did you run your first half marathon?
1: Well... Uh, down, in, down in South Florida, there's a lot of 5k options and then you kind of jump from that to the half. There's not a lot of 10k options down here.
0: There really isn't. There's a lot of 10ks in other areas for sure. But I have grown down up here. like
1: every summer I would run a handful of 10ks as part of like my, my college training cycle. Like yeah. that was one of the lessons the coach said, just find some local 10ks and go run in them. It's mm-hmm. not even a thing down here.
0: Yeah. So you first did, you did your first half marathon when Riley was three months old. So that was like 2009. Yes. So why did you decide to run a half that year?
1: Well, I wanted to see as a brand
0: new dad, sleep deprived <laughs> with, with a three month old.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Cause my wife is a superhuman, so I'm fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I could just do it. All right. No. So, so what made you decide to do it? Uh, do mean... you remember?
1: Looking back, I, I think that it was, I just wanted to see how fast I could go if I went a little bit farther. Because mm-hmm. I've never been a huge high speed guy. Like when I was in high school, like I was with with guys on the team that they loved racing the half mile because you only had to run really hard. I mean, they, they did it in, in two minutes and they're like, that's fantastic. And I liked the two mile. It was eight laps of the track. It took 10 minutes and they were like, that's awful. Why would you want to run so many laps of the track? And mm-hmm. like, cause, cause you don't have to run it like a full sprint the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, as I got older and the, the options for running longer races were there, I I thought, why don't I just kind of gradually up the distance and the half seems so much more manageable than a full.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, though, too, because you really, I'm, I'm in a way, I'm surprised that it took you that long to run your first half, too.
1: Yeah, considering that I sort of kind of did a full when I was in college. I mean,
0: you did a full. I did a full. And you qualified for Boston. That's more than sort of kind of doing a full. But that's just, you didn't do it to the way that you wanted to do it.
1: My training was not on par with what I was going for. Well, so
0: you were 21 when you did your full and then 28 then, right? When you did your first half.
1: Right. Then it kind of like floated around. My running was... Just sort of up in space. I had a lot of... That was kind of
0: when you brought your focus back then.
1: It was really. It was the first time that I brought my my, like legit training focus back to running. Mm -hmm. As I was, uh, you know, living in Miami and selling shoes and I would go into random 5Ks and like I could put up decent times. It was the first time that I'd really brought the focus. Yeah. And the focus needed for a half is way different than the focus for a full. That's why I think the half is such a great distance. Yeah because it's a good distance for busy runners.
0: Yeah, I love the distance of the half. I think it's it's great because it, you, it allows you to build up your mileage and feel like you're really out there for a while, but it doesn't just give you that wear and tear and those long hours and hours and hours of training that the marathon requires.
1: Right, I mean, when you're training for a half, you're still gonna be out there for a long run on the weekend, but you're not building yourself up to like around 20 miles. Yeah. That's gonna take a long time. And depending on your pace, that could be several hours. You've, you've lost a day yeah. because you had to go get in your, your weekend long run. Right. Training for a half, you lost your morning.
0: But not really even. It depends on what pace you're running. Yeah. But if you wake up, especially us down here in Florida, we have to wake up so darn early to beat the sun and the heat. You're, I mean, we're done. I'm done with my long run by you know, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning and have the rest of the day
1: right and you're not just completely spent because right. you just dropped a 20 miler.
0: Yeah, and I'm not super a super fast human like you. I'm kind of a a mid-pack runner. So, you know, going out on the on the weekend for an hour and a half or so, up to two hours for the the longer runs. It's not as time consuming as a four or five hour run that you might have to put in for a full.
1: Right. I mean, if you're if you're going to be training at like a really high level, and you know, because elites are certainly putting in long runs yeah. of at least twenty miles. Yeah, but that's th-
0: that's different.
1: They're doing it in the same timeline that that normal humans are doing it in. That are going off on like a 10, 12 mile run. Yeah. So. You don't need the huge thing, and um, it still requires the speed, so you keep some some up-tempo stuff that keeps your your training sort of interesting.
0: Yeah, so you've got the long runs, and you've got those slower, longer runs, and then you still get a lot of the the speed work in that just kind of keeps things fun. I mean, I like it. I yeah. like speed workouts.
1: I think once people get used to the idea of speed workouts and their their body kind of starts getting adjusted to it, speed workouts keep it from just being heading out the door for another four miles, heading out the door for another five miles or whatever it is that you're heading out on. You got your 30-minute run, your 45-minute run, whatever it is, No, mixed up with some speed. And because you don't need this like super crazy high-level speed that... It,
0: like for a 5K.
1: Right. I mean, the, the workouts that you would design for a 5K, your recovery on those involves standing around a lot mm-hmm. because you're working at, at like mile pace. The recovery off of a mile pace interval is full rest. stand around for a while yeah. for, for a rest. If you're trying to pack your run in to the morning before you you're, have to get the kids ready for school – that part where you're just like, and then stand around for five minutes, yeah, it, it's it drives me nuts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's nice about the speed workouts for the half marathon is you're doing speed, but it's not that high end speed. So when you do the recovery portion, you're still doing an easy jog most of the time. I mean, sometimes you throw in a little bit of walking, but most of the time you're just doing an easy jog. So you're still getting in the miles in those speed workouts, but you're also playing, playing around with the the pacing and everything.
1: I mean, it's, it's helpful to actually have the jog as the recovery because then you are building up mileage. If you have like a three minute recovery between intervals, but it's a three minute jog that adds some distance to your run when right. you start adding them up and you, you know, you're getting in six to eight intervals that adds up yeah. quickly.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So basically your time commitment on like a normal daily training is similar to a time commitment for a 5k because of this convenience of jogging on the, on the recovery. Mm -hmm. You're able to get the extra mileage without having to be out there for so much extra time because you're, you're running the recovery.
0: Right. Right. All right. So, so so why should, so let's summarize the first section here. So why should someone run a half marathon?
1: um it because it's great for for the busy runner because it combines the endurance without the like ridiculous endurance out there for hours and hours of of a 20-miler that you need for a marathon but it keeps it interesting because you still need plenty of speed work to to get to your best half marathon performance.
0: Yeah. And it's a, a nice way to challenge yourself and to, if you want to, if you're curious about increased distances other than five K's and 10 K's, the half marathon really is the next logical step. And it's a way to, to just give your body a new challenge and see what you're able to do. And maybe you'll really like it.
1: All right. So, so here's the question besides the sticker, what is it that made you run your first
0: half? It was a magnet, not a sticker. I don't put no. stickers on my magnet. car. Yeah, I'm not that crazy. So not not that anyone is crazy. If you like to put stickers on your car. <laughs> 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 just kidding. So yeah, good save, Angie. That was smooth. Anyway, um, so basically you ran your first half when our oldest was three months old. And it just... It looked like fun. Can, can we also mention that it you... It looked like
1: fun. <laughs> well,
0: can we also mention that you got second place in the race of your first half marathon ever?
1: You can. I don't mention things like that. I mean, that. that
0: was so cool, though, because I was sitting there, and your mom and your sister were in town visiting for the first time to, to meet the new baby and everything. And here we are waiting for you and playing with the baby, and right around the corner comes the first place runner and you were right behind him and I was like what like it was so cool to see you there in second place um and I mean it was just amazing but anyway so you did your half and I don't know I we were just kind of sitting at dinner one night and I was just I'd kind of been thinking about it and I basically just said to you like I think I might want to run a half do you think I could do it do you remember this happening Yeah, vaguely yeah and you were like well yeah of course you can do it and so i said
1: of course you can do it right i was
0: like all right well i think i might want to and i that was a really weird thing for me i think that was like one of my first steps into actually becoming a runner
1: actually accepting the mantle and putting the title on
0: well but in actually becoming a runner like Before that, I had run, but it was always just running to stay in shape or running to lose weight. It wasn't running because I liked running. I never really...
1: (laughs) It wasn't running for running's sake. It wasn't
0: running for that, right. And, And I'm trying to think... I think we did, I did a couple 5Ks because I did the one when I was pregnant. Yeah. Right before I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, So I did a couple 5Ks. So I guess I was starting to get into running at, at that point in time, like right before we had our first baby. And I just decided, I don't know, I wanted to try it. I thought that, I wanted to just that to that challenge. So
1: I'm glad it's somehow watching me agonize through 13 miles made it look like fun enough that you should do it yourself. Yeah.
0: I mean, but you I mean, it was obviously painful for you because you were running at such a high end speed, but it wasn't like you were wrecked after that race like you were after your first full marathon either.
1: No, after my first marathon, I just laid on the ground in misery for the next day. After the first half, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure I took a nap and then yeah.
0: And then you were, then I mean, it was you were relative. sore, I was you know, sore. you were, you were limping a little, but, but it was, it was good. So you did your first half when the baby was three months old and I did my first mm. half when she was two, actually two years and three months. I basically did mine two years later. Yeah. Cause
1: it was the same race. It was the
0: same race. Yeah. That's kind of funny. But, but yeah. So why did I want to do it? It was just for the challenge, just to see if I could really. Mm. I mean, my my primary goal when I decided to run my half was to complete it. That was my number one goal. And then I had a secondary goal of not walking during the race. That was my secondary goal. I remember that. And then my third goal was to do it at 10-minute pace Mm -hmm. and to hit a 2.11. And that was my... That was what I hit.
1: Right. But the overarching goal behind all of them was very similar to the overarching goal of mine is how fast can I do this? Mm -hmm. Can I wonder what my body is capable of doing with this?
0: Yeah, exactly. And so that was why I decided to do it. It It's just a new challenge. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit now about why to train for a half marathon. Now, if someone decides that they want to start to train for a half marathon, Kevin, how long does this take? Well,
1: I, it depends. It depends on on several different things. And right. one is is your goal for the race, mm-hmm. Okay, which I, I kind of put into two categories. You got to help me explain this nicely. Yeah. The difference between completing the half and competing in the half.
0: Right. So most of us real life runners aren't like you that g- try to go out and win the race. But The goal, what basically Kevin is saying is, is your goal just to cross the finish line and just complete the race? Or do you have another goal for yourself? Are you trying to run a specific time? Are you trying to push yourself, you know, to the point where you feel like you're really – going all out for this race. You're competing with yourself, not with the other runners in the race. You're competing with yourself unless you are maybe a little bit faster. Maybe you are are looking to compete in your age group. Maybe you are looking to compete overall like Kevin did. Um, I know a couple of our members in our tribe, one guy just got eighth place in his um, half marathon over in the uk so that was awesome so you know maybe some of you are competing on a a local level and that's awesome but for most of us we just we're, we're really talking about competing with yourself and really having a specific goal that you want to accomplish other than just crossing that finish line Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way, or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th, and we're bringing in an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, Miss Megan Blacksmith, and she's going to be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be a member of the Academy to join us this month You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts, that's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today. Now back to the show.
1: I, I mean that that sums it up nicely. I I didn't want to come off as like trying to be obnoxious of like, well, there's there's only so many people competing because. Most people in that race, I think a lot of people in races are competing. They're just competing against their own personal clock. The clock. You know, how fast did they run last time they ran this race?
0: Well, but we're talking about... Trying this for the first time, right?
1: Well, trying this for the first time, but I mean, this is a good plan for even if you've done a few half marathons yeah. and then then you can compete against your own previous time, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Right.
0: So it depends on your starting point. So there's various starting points. You could be, this could be your first half marathon. Maybe you've done some 5Ks before, some 10Ks and you're ready to just, you know, you're ready for the new challenge like I was and you want to just see what it's like to run a half marathon and maybe... Maybe what else? What other starting points are we looking at here?
1: Well, you're looking to see how long can you comfortably run as, at a distance. Okay. You know, so if, if you can comfortably go out and run for like five miles, mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty solid starting point. Okay, So a lot of people who are, you know, regularly competing on like a local 5Ks, they can probably go out and get a distance run of about five miles. Right. If you can consistently run five, you can probably get yourself to half marathon shape in safely, like conservatively and safely, 12 weeks.
0: 12 weeks. Okay. So if you have a five mile base that, that, I mean, that's like your long run. So say someone is... Running maybe three miles a couple times a week mm-hmm. and maybe a long run of around five six miles, right. then you can easily not easily but you can safely build up to a half marathon in about twelve weeks. Right, so okay. about
1: about three months. Okay. If if you are looking from like ground zero, you know, because you can, I'm sure you can hit Google and say couch to half marathon, oh, and there's a thing.
0: Yeah, we don't recommend that. I
1: I don't because my timeline suggestion on on couch to five k is is probably a lot longer than what people are looking at right I, i'd say six to eight months no
0: no you for half marathon for a half marathon you just said couch to 5k oh
1: no sorry for a half marathon right
0: couch to half marathon if you are not a runner right and you want to get into running and for some reason you want to do a half marathon maybe your friend is pulling you into it yeah or... and
1: so you you skipped over the whole 5k 10k and you're just you're going to start at half marathon it's it's going to be 6 to 8 months to do it in a healthy safe manner.
0: I mean, and that and that even is a pretty quick timeline if you think about it, building oh, I from know. not running at all. I'm really surprised that you put this less than a year. Yeah. Knowing well, you and your thought process <laughs> behind this.
1: I mean, if if someone asked me, look, I don't I don't run at all. How how quickly do you think you could get me across the finish line of a half marathon? That was my that was my thought. Okay. is
0: well, and the thing, you know, you said couch to half, but it would be a good idea to do some 5Ks and 10Ks along the way during the training.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, finding finding so races just start... so that you've got some familiarity with the whole concept of what's involved in a race. Right.
0: So you start with a couch to 5K and then just continue to build on that. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, but... I would put those timelines as essentially like completion timelines. If you're really going for your best, if if you've already got a solid base where you're you're up to like a 10-miler for your long run, I'd still say if you're going for your best your fastest half marathon, that's going to be like 12 weeks but already starting at I can run 10 miles. Okay you know, if, if you look on like, I don't yeah, know, That's not,
0: a, that's not a completion. That's thing. not a completion. Right. That,
1: that is a competing, whether it, whatever that level of competing is, if you're aiming for how fast can I really get, you've got to give it a good three month block devoted to half marathon training.
0: Right. So you already have that base built up. So it's, it's yes. you don't need to spend any time in that base building phase. All you're really doing is working on your speed and your higher, higher level endurance, right?
1: Half marathon specific type work, which, which we'll get into, but yeah, it's, it's 12 weeks after you've already built the base. So you're already up to consistently being able to hit a 10 mile long run Mm -hmm. and you can build up from there. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: now what do you, what do you have here? What's what's this next point that you have in here? About four years? What is that?
1: All right, well, if you look at a longer timeline, like how long would it take to get to be the fastest half marathoner that you could be? From Ground Zero? No, from like anywhere. From like from anywhere. Yeah, if if you are not, if you're like a 5k kind of racing person, and you would like to build and become a half marathon racing person Mm -hmm. and start looking to that, it's gonna be years to get to your your best half marathon.
0: Well, how long? How like how long has Desi Linden been training for the marathon? Do you know that? No. Like probably around that timeline, right? I mean, no longer. That she's been marathon training. Yeah, because I remember she actually when won. they
1: well, when they took her out of college because she signed with Hanson's yeah. and and one of the like early things I remember hearing the story is they they're like we think that you should become a marathoner and it was like two years away from the Olympic trials and she was like oh okay and they're like no not for those Olympics for the ones after those yeah like they immediately just dropped a six year timeline on her and she was like oh. That that wasn't what I had in mind, mm-hmm. but she went for it and just like committed for such a long timeline of like, look, it's going to take a long time to build your fitness to that high level of an elite athlete because it's... Like we say, there's not like a magic workout that does it, but the consistency day after day that piled for her week after week after week, that's what got her to where she is.
0: All right. So I just looked it up. So she graduated in 2005 from college and her first marathon was 2007. So that's an 11 years before she won Boston.
1: You said 2005, 2007. That's two.
0: No. Yeah. But then from 2007 to 2018.
1: Oh, so she, okay, her first
0: sure. marathon was 2007.
1: Yeah, which was probably like a, I mean, it it was a very fast time for her. But I'm I'm gonna guess that as far as her coaches were concerned, that was essentially a, a practice run for mm-hmm. where where she was going to get. You know, if she graduated in '05, that means that the Olympics were in. Oh, eight.
0: Right, so she competed in London in 12 and then Rio in 16. Yeah. She didn't compete in 08.
1: No, because they, they were aiming her for the full, and that means that you're looking all the way forward from graduating in, in 05. As as a superstar athlete, she's thinking, oh, okay, 08, those are the Olympics that I'm aiming for. And her coaches were already thinking, no, no, no. 2012. Yeah, Those the Olympics. Yeah, were she ran UFO. the
0: trials in 08, but she, yeah. didn't, she didn't make it to the Olympics.
1: Yeah, she ran the trials, so she had the experience of running the trials, so that four years later she would be, she'd know what she was doing.
0: Right. Yeah. So I mean, that buildup is just it's years, years and years and years, and obviously that's a full marathon, so that's a little different than the half, but.
1: Right, and then you have to take age into a, into account here, so because at some point you're you're gonna reach a point where you're not going to keep getting faster, where the accumulation of miles does not continuously build, so that at ninety you're your fastest you've ever been.
0: Ooh, wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag right.
1: faster as a master.
0: Faster as a master. Okay, so so that, so. You really just have to think about, like Kevin said, are you try- just trying to complete this race or are you actually trying to achieve a certain goal with this race other than just crossing the finish line? And that's going to give you a better idea on timeline as well as obviously where you're starting from. Yeah,
1: whatever – what base you have, depending on the base. I still like to, to look at it as roughly three months, You know, which is why we've got a, a convenient half marathon podcast right now with f- – four-ish months until January. With
0: four-ish months until, oh yeah, when we have our Key West Half Marathon that uh, we are trying to get all you real-life runners to come join us at, which would be so awesome. We we actually have a discount code. If you are interested in joining us for the Key West Half Marathon and joining the Real Life Runners team, we have a discount code for you. If you go on the website, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there right yeah, now. Yeah, no, go through right? the whole thing and yeah. i say it. If you go to com and use the code Real Life, you will get 15% off of your registration. And you can come party with us in Key West in January. The race is on January 19th or 20th, I think. 19th.
1: The 20th? Yep, it's one of those two days. I think days. it's
0: the 20th. <laughs> yeah, it's a Sunday. So come party with us in Key West. Anyway... And, and we'll, we're also going to be putting together a training plan for that.
1: Right. And as a well. sneak peek, how yeah. about this? What workouts should I focus on for the half marathon? Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's get into section three. So we've talked about why train for a half. We talked about a timeline here. Now let's talk about some workouts. What kind of workouts should we focus on in our half marathon training plan?
1: All right. Number one, build the long run. It has to happen.
0: It does. It just really does.
1: Okay, if you're looking to get across the finish line, 10 to 12 miles. Mm-hmm. I think that especially for for, for your,
0: longest run, for of your, your cycle. longest
1: run of the cycle, yeah. especially if you're a very injury prone kind of athlete, I don't think that there's a reason to build over 10. Mm-hmm. If you want to get across the finish line, get a magnet to stick on the back of your car and a green shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: never got my green shirt. I know. You have it though.
1: I do. And it smells it terrible. It smells
0: so bad. <laughs> it, held, it holds stink so bad. <laughs> yes, it does. I think we might have to throw that one out.
1: <laughs> so... Um, but if, if that's what you're going for, I don't think that there's, there's a reason physically why you need to go beyond 10, but 10 to 12, that's, that's a pretty typical training plan. There's some good benefits to that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure for my first, you built me to 10.
1: I think so. And you're no, like,
0: maybe 12.
1: I, usually I, I. I, tend to I know in, I didn't go to 13. You definitely didn't go to 13 because yeah, the was, first time that you ran 13 was crossing the finish line. Yeah, And you're like, am I going to be fine? Yes, you're going to be fine. You'll easily make it across. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 it tends to be a mental thing. Like, oh, well, if I've made it to 12, I could clearly do 13. It's only
0: one more. Exactly. It's yeah.
1: different than the marathon where people are like, oh, well, if you made it to 20, you can just easily do the last six. Mm-hmm. No, that's six full miles. Um, <laughs> So
0: we've already talked about that. If you're going
1: for completion 10 to 12, if you're looking for a more specific time goal, I suggest throwing a few extra miles on that Mm -hmm. more in the, uh, 12 to 15 range Yeah, where you're able to take your long run and actually go for a longer distance and a longer time than you will be out there racing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With my subsequent halves, I've built up to 13. I haven't yet gone. Well, I think maybe I did I I, mean, I definitely did 13.1 on a training run because why would I do 13 and yes. not do 13.1? I mean, let's be real, right? <laughs> That's what
1: I do every time. Yeah. I, mean, I, ju- I, I will usually stop at 13, but the other day I was having, I like I was moving on it. So mm-hmm. I looked down at the clock on a distance run. I'm like, wow, I'm moving really quick today. Yeah. And I, I got a, I had a magic watch PR. It's not my Ooh. fastest half, but my watch thinks it's my half, fastest right. half. Because
0: it's your fastest half <laughs> with that watch. With that watch on my wrist. Yeah. yeah. But you regularly build up to at least fifteen in your half marathon training cycles, if not more.
1: Yeah, I like I like to get to at least fifteen. Um, you know, I, I go longer, but there's there's health issues and yeah. stuff. So fifteen seems sufficient. Fifteen
0: is good, I think. You just hit that this weekend. I did. Yeah, I bet that felt good for you.
1: That was fantastic.
0: <laughs> you were very happy about that.
1: So so build the long run. That's that's critical yep. Um, two, um extended fartlek training. Okay. Okay. And we put this out on when we were going through key workouts out of all the different distances in the previous podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the big ones is extended up to like five to six miles where you are continuously changing the pace, Mm -hmm. you know, two minutes on two minutes off or one minute on one off. Mm -hmm. You could even do three by three Or just just mess with it. Just Mm -hmm. be like, and then I'm going to pick it up until that light pole and then I'm going to go down until that tree or up until the corner, whatever it is. So it's
0: just a change of pace workout. So would you suggest maybe doing this on a six or seven mile run like in the middle of the week where you do kind of a mile warm up and then do this for five miles? right yeah
1: like that that would be a fantastic run yeah you don't have to have a huge cooldown on the back end of it because none of it is at such a ridiculous high-end speed mm-hmm. so it's not like a lot of speed work where it's like oh make sure you get a cooldown otherwise your legs will be killing you later which we could do a whole another episode on
0: yeah we should do an episode about cooldowns. about the
1: cooldown yeah. sure um but you can you could definitely do this with like a little bit of warm up so your legs are comfortable and ready to start moving faster and then just throw it into a morning run. Mm-hmm. What you're going for is not hitting certain speeds during the fast or during the slow, but that overall you're you're hitting around like a your your steady state. It's roughly what you could maintain if you were racing a, a marathon, if you mm-hmm. were racing a full. Okay. It's it's averaging out to that pace.
0: Okay, sounds good. What's another workout? That's so third workout that we like.
1: Um, Fast finish runs. Mm -hmm. Go out for like a a pretty good distance, like one of your longer midweek runs and make the last couple of miles coming down towards your half marathon goal pace. Kind of just keep getting yourself faster, maybe even go past it. Like are you
0: looking for negative splits during the whole run or are you looking to maintain a steady, easy pace throughout and then just do... Like a fast last mile. That okay
1: so it was steady easy throughout and then a fast last mile or two
0: yeah not a steady state run do an easy run easy
1: run but then right. drop the last couple of miles if you you do you could you could do two drop it down to like half marathon pace and then 10k pace mm-hmm. you could do just a fast last mile and drop it down you know pretty aggressive yeah like some people like to finish their training runs with like like kick it in as though it's it's finishing a race mm-hmm. you could do that it's a fast finish run okay um,
0: another workout would be mile repeat Repeats?
1: Mile repeats at 10K pace. Okay. Okay. And if you're you're aiming for like a half, you probably have a good idea of what a 10K pace is. If you don't, you could throw it into any of a myriad of online calculators. We'll put those in the show notes. Perfect. Okay. So mile repeats at 10K pace, but at, with 50% recovery. So if you hit it in 10 minutes, you get five minute recovery. And then stack those. Start with three, build to six. Mm-hmm that's a time-consuming workout
0: yeah that sounds time-consuming you
1: could replace a long run with that
0: so when you say recovery you're talking about an easy jog here easy jog okay
1: it it is a lot of miles in that guy that's why i say you could replace a long run with that Mm -hmm. you know if you do a warm-up and a cool down and you do six mile repeats with like a a good three to four minute jog in between them that's a long long time out there yeah so that's a good one um one of my personal favorites is two by three miles or three by two miles
0: mm-hmm.
1: at your, like, ideal, you've got a tailwind, downhill the entire time, half marathon pace.
0: Or, or I mean, or whatever pace you were running last week. It was hilarious. So <laughs> was the girls pace. and I, is that your half marathon pace? Yes. All right. 5.15?
1: Five twenty ish.
0: Oh my lord! Yeah. So the girls and I showed up last week at cross country practice. When I said my my two little ones and I and Kevin was already running his workout. He sent the team off on their run and jumped on the treadmill for his workout. And he was just chugging along. I walk in and he is just going. And I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? And he's like, Three. I think you were doing three by a two mile. Three right? by two mile. Uh, three by a two mile. I said, Oh, what pace are you running? He's like, Five fifteen. I was like.
1: So, if you follow
0: me on Instagram, you saw the video of that run.
1: Yeah, I I got—I go a little faster on the treadmill because there's no wind resistance. There's no trying to hit yourself. So, I think I hit somewhere—I hit two miles between ten twenty and ten thirty that day.
0: That's amazing. So, yeah,
1: you're you're aiming for, and you had a smile
0: on your face. I had somewhat
1: of a smile on my face. Yeah, that's
0: faster than my (laughs) 200-meter repeat face.
1: (laughs) Everybody has their own level of competition. (laughs) That's true. It's not not competing against everybody else in the race. It's competing against your own personal goals.
0: Exactly. All right, what's another workout that you have here for us? Last
1: one, extend your steady state run. Okay, so this is another one that you could replace a long run with is stretch out to six, seven, eight miles at marathon pace. Okay. Okay, and just kind of keep extending that. You get some fantastic benefits out of that one. It's it's good um, threshold training.
0: All right, cool. And if you are running or driving right now, check out our show notes after you listen to this if you're curious, and we'll put these workouts in the show notes for you guys too. So the show notes are at com. This is episode number 54, so you'll be able to find those there.
1: Yeah, check those out. These are some fantastic workouts. Yeah. You don't have to hit them all. You could you could cycle through all of them a few times. They're fantastic workouts.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Number four on our outline, how do I not get hurt? Now, this is huge, right, because there's that old adage about runners that get injured and, you know, there's runners that have been injured and there's ones that have not been injured yet. And obviously, if you've been listening to our podcast, you guys know that we are trying to break that cycle and allow people to love running and stay out of that cycle of injury through all the things the other things that we need to do to keep ourselves strong and running pain-free and injury-free. So, let's talk about that right now.
1: Yeah, this this is where you're stepping up and hitting it big time is what are the key things you do? And several of them are stuff you should be doing regardless of whether you're training for any particular distance yes. or or not training for any race at all. They're just certain things you should do to stay strong and healthy.
0: Right. And so number one on that list is strength training. You should be doing some sort of strength training every single week, a couple of times a week. I recommend at least twice a week, depending on what it is you're doing you need to be doing some core work. If you want to just stay minimal, you need to do some core work and you need to do some strength strengthening exercises for your hips. Because your hips, it's so important to keep your hips strong, to help you. I mean, your, strong hips are huge when it comes to preventing running injuries.
1: Strong hips is like the reason why I'm able to still run is you fixed my hips. Like Mm -hmm. I had, I had knee issues all through college and you said that the problem was, was this tiny little muscle in my hips and it had nothing to do with hamstrings and quads and stretching things appropriately. It's okay that I cannot bend over and touch my toes Mm -hmm. as long as I strengthen that little teeny muscle and do some hip swings Yeah, and now I can run.
0: Right. So, Core muscles are hugely important. Throw in some planks, some side planks, some hip abduction exercises, some clamshells. Those are super, super important. If you want more details, check out episode number three, which we we go into more details, strength training for runners in that episode. And we talk about specific muscles that you should be trying to focus on and specific exercises that you should be doing to add into your routine.
1: Yeah. So... That's a great episode because when it says core, it's not just lay on the floor and crank out a hundred crunches. That's no, not, no, that's I not working it. Like the, that's, that's what the baseball team was doing in the weight room as I was cranking along on my two miles. Yeah,
0: definitely not a good idea. All right. So besides the core muscles, we also recommend doing strides. Let's talk a little bit about strides and drills strides
1: and drills okay regular strides at least once a week throw into the back end of a workout i suggest doing it on on an actual harder day rather than easy one mm-hmm. although I love doing them on the day after a long run, which is an easy run.
0: I actually like doing them after a long run. I
1: can't stand doing them after a long run. So personal preference here.
0: Yeah, I like because I feel like it just loosens me up because I feel stiff after a long run. Exactly. And strides can really help to loosen me up.
1: Yes, I feel very stiff at the end of a long run also. I also just want to take a shower. <laughs> strides don't fit that. Um but they're they're not sprints. The, okay, these are a chance to pick up your pace, you quicken your tempo, you you focus on your form a little bit and you've got this like light quick stride going for 15, we say, to f- Fifteen to twenty seconds, yeah. but you're not going so fast that you can't recover in 30, one minute. Yeah, you, you should be recovered in less than a minute. Yeah, forty five so seconds to a minute. It's not a full sprint, but it's it's a good chance to to extend your range of motion.
0: Right, and we also recommend drill work. So one thing that a lot of recreational runners forget is that runners are athletes, and we need to train like athletes. And people that are on track teams and cross country teams they do drills. And this is something that not a lot of recreational runners are familiar with. So some easy drills that we like to recommend are marching. You can do it slow or quickly, high knees, butt kicks. So the drills that you do should focus on range of motion, especially of the hips and the knees. It, it just helps to make the running smoother and more fluid.
1: And then I... I- Two of my favorites: it's skipping and yeah. anything where you're moving backwards, backwards, and laterally. backwards, walking backwards, jogging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only time that I'll ever use jogging. I always prefer running over jogging, but backwards you jogging. Mean the word, yes, the word the itself. The word jo- running. Yes, the word yeah. itself. There's just something psychological about jogging that that's different, but backwards mm-hmm. jogging seems because it looks funky, but it works the hips really well, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Yeah, so all all sorts of this stuff that really activates all these muscles and makes sure that you're not just honed in on this tiny little range of motion as you shuffle along on a distance run.
0: Right, and if you guys want... To see a little bit more, you know, some more videos, we have a comprehensive exercise library inside of our membership program. So we have videos for all of these drills and strides and all the things that we're talking about. We've got tons of strengthening exercises for runners and stretches and everything in there. And that is all part of our membership program, which we are going to talk about at the end of the episode. So stay tuned because we've got a new thing. For you guys.
1: Perfect. Finally, some extra important stuff for the longer distances. Okay, consistent rest and recovery. You need to feel and interpret your body. If you're hitting some of these workouts I recommended earlier, they are rough. It's not necessarily hit a workout, get a recovery day with an easy run, and hit a workout the next day. You might need two to three days to recover. Mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you're sleeping enough. It's one of the, the biggest pieces of advice that I've gotten from every coach as I've gone through is you need to make sure you're sleeping enough.
0: Yeah, that's what we're telling you right now as we're recording this episode at eleven ten at night. That's why I'm probably not going to go for a run
1: tomorrow morning.
0: <laughs> well, you just push it to the afternoon. Perfect.
1: Can Cons- uh, proper fueling make sure that you are putting good food into your body? If you're planning on hitting a workout the next day, or you got a workout in the afternoon, don't put junk into your body at lunch. That's not going to work. If you've hit a good workout that morning, make sure that breakfast is full of real and nutritious food Mm -hmm. so that you're then rebuilding the muscles correctly and you're not just fueling on terrible products.
0: Right. And try to get in, especially after hard workouts, try to eat within 30 to 60 minutes. You have to refill those muscle glycogen stores that you just depleted during your workout because like Kevin said, when you put that good fuel back into your system, your body can then rebuild itself quicker it can start that rebuilding process and you can you know actually gain strength and gain the benefits from the workout that you just did because you don't gain those benefits during the workout you gain those benefits after the workout in your recovery period
1: excellent Um, the next one we kind of already highlighted back with everybody should be working on this but make sure that you're getting in some good lateral strengthening Okay, Mm -hmm. long runs especially open you up to this very repetitive uh, injury use like the the overuse of the muscles in this tiny little form especially you see a lot of people when they're going out for a very long run that their their stride length reduces extremely, their Mm -hmm. arms are barely moving, they're just in this tiny little range of motion, Mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you're getting lateral range of motion that you're working on your mobility
0: yep and when he says lateral he means the sides of your hips doing things to the sides
1: yes um all right cleaning up particularly bad running form at shorter distances you can almost get away with this stuff but if you're going to be out there for a couple hours on a long run and your form is all over the place it just opens you up to injury So you want to make sure that you are taking quick steps with an increased cadence of low-end at least 160, mm-hmm. preferably up closer to 180 steps per minute.
0: Yeah, I would say 170 to 180, really.
1: That's really the range you're looking at. 160,
0: is, it starts to get, that's too slow. It
1: starts slogging, and yeah. the, the more that, the slower you go, the, the more, like, hard that landing is. Well, it's
0: the more force that's in the yes. the, the ground reaction force that you're creating in all the joints is a lot higher.
1: Right, you, you just, you, you land hard, so yeah. you want to feel as though... Um, you were taking quick steps with a light landing as I was telling the kids, uh, in the workout today, they're like, Oh, I just, I feel like I'm dragging. I'm like, you got to feel like there is a string on top of your head and someone is pulling you straight Mm -hmm. up. It helps you maintain proper posture and it helps you feel as though you're just getting lifted along the track Mm -hmm. as you run along there. That's, that's what you're going for is lift yourself up as though there's a string pulling straight up the top of your head.
0: Mm -hmm. And watch those arms. You want very relaxed arms with a small, smaller swing. You don't want to be swinging your arms all over the place. Keep your arms nice and tight to your body and have a nice relaxed arm swing.
1: Yeah, your your hand goes from at the farthest back at most your pocket and up in front, right in front of your belly button. That's that's it. That's your full range of motion. It's mm-hmm. pretty small, and, small and relaxed.
0: All right. Finally,
1: keep track of your shoes. Let's
0: keep track of those shoes. Make sure you know how much mileage you're putting on your shoes. And a lot of these apps that everybody uses now, I mean, pretty much all runners I feel nowadays use some sort of electronic app, whether it's a watch or a smartphone app. Everybody seems to be tracking everything nowadays. So I track
1: everything. I don't think it tracks my mileage on my shoes. Well,
0: then I will show you how to input that, Kev. because You can just put in your shoes, you can add gear, and then it will automatically, a lot of these apps will just automatically track how many miles you're putting on your shoes with each run. Because you can set the shoes to be a default pair, or you can go in after the workout if you wear multiple pairs of shoes and choose which shoe you on that day. It's a little bit extra effort, but then you kind of have a better idea of how long your shoes are lasting.
1: Yeah. And if you're really going for upper mileage and building yourself where you're consistently out there like 8 miles daily right. having a couple pairs of shoes is nice because you can mm-hmm. you can go back and forth.
0: Right. And if you don't want to track it like that just keep track when you bought it especially if you just wear one pair of shoes if you don't rotate your shoes then it's pretty easy to track. You you know how many miles you run per day per week and then you keep track of how many weeks those that pair of shoes should last because if you can if you get down to into that 3 to 500 range where the shoes are starting to get close to needing replacement, you might start to notice your knee starts acting up a little bit or your hip or, you know, you, these little aches and pains that start to... to you know, show their heads yeah, at that don't, point. Yeah,
1: and don't overreact and think that something's gone wrong with your training. Try yeah. turning your shoe over and seeing how worn down the bottom of it is. Yeah, a lot of times that's mileage the Mileage builds up quickly in a yeah. half marathon program. Yeah,
0: and you can just replace the shoes, and a lot of times those aches and pains, if you catch them very early, they'll just go away.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So, I think that we have covered a lot of really, really good stuff here. We talked about why to train, how long to train, some key workouts, and then some other key pointers when we start training for half marathons, other things that we really need to keep in mind. I think we've hit a lot of really good stuff here. Is there anything you want to wrap up with?
1: Thirteen point one. Go get a magnet.
0: Go get a magnet. Get a car <laughs> magnet. But yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is challenge yourself. You know, if you are used to running five k's and ten k's, why not do a half? You know, I mean, some people might think it's that's a crazy statement, but if you're a runner, but no, already, it's a half
1: marathon. It's only a half crazy statement. Right. That's
0: that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I, that's another good magnet. I'm only half crazy, right? Yes. So. Just think about it. You know, maybe maybe you're not ready for it yet. Maybe you're just doing some 5Ks. Maybe you're just running a couple miles here and there, but maybe you want to put that out there for a goal for next year. And if you want to do it in January and come join us in Key West, we would love to meet you. So, anyway, so that's I think that's a good I think it's time to wrap up. I think we're wrapping up. Yeah, excellent. And it's time for us to get to bed because it's now Eleven seventeen. Oh, I love when I look at my watch. It happens a lot when I look at my watch, and it's eleven seventeen. It always makes me smile. Yes, because that's yes, a, that's our anniversary, November seventeenth. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We want you to stay tuned because we've got some exciting stuff coming next week. Next week is actually the one-year anniversary of our podcast, which is just crazy. I can't believe we've already been doing this for a year, and it's been so much fun. We just absolutely love doing this show for you guys. So we've got some exciting stuff coming next week, so please stay tuned. And as always, thank you for spending this time with us. I also have a special message for you at the end of this episode, so keep listening. We're not done yet. Have a great week. Hey, real life runners. So, we talk a lot about integrating running and health into your daily life, how it all fits in, how you can cultivate better habits, and all of that good stuff. We hope that the information that we provide weekly has really had a positive impact on your health and running journey. If you're looking for a little more, we are so happy to introduce our new membership program, the Real Life Runners Tribe. This program is designed as a go to resource for all of your health and running needs. Every month, we design a new running plan, which includes four running workouts per week, two strength training routines, and running drills to improve your mobility. The running workouts are all effort-based, so they can be customized to runners of every level. From brand new runners to long-term veterans, this plan can work for you. The strength workouts are designed for full-body training with a focus on the stabilizing muscles that we runners really need to train the most to keep us running strong and injury-free. We want you to break that endless cycle of injury that many runners experience by keeping your muscles strong and mobile so that you can perform at your best. Do you maybe have questions about healthy eating and the best food to fuel your active lifestyle and also feed your family? The membership also includes healthy recipes that we have curated from around the web and various cookbooks that we use in our house every week. We have tried and liked each recipe so you don't have to keep searching various websites for new things to make. There is also a section to teach you how to batch prep your foods for the week to make eating on a tight schedule much easier. If you have healthy components ready and on hand, you're going to grab those instead of that bag of chips or other quick junk food that you might be tempted to eat. Batch prepping is something that has totally helped our family to stay on track with healthy eating and eating food that just nourishes our bodies to allow us to feel good and perform our best. So we are so excited to introduce this membership program for you guys. If you go over to realliferunnerstribe.com, you can get all the information there. It's a monthly membership. It's very low cost with all with the running plan and the recipes and the strength training. We hope that you're going to find really great value and become a part of our Real Life Runners Tribe over on the website. So check out realliferunnerstribe.com for more information. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, You need something that fits in your real life, that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.